This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Mark Grandy, Evan Giddings. Feel free to download, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Mark. I have only seen five stars so far. This is just on Apple. I'm an Apple guy. Hold it against me if you'd like. But, you know, Spotify, Google, uh, wherever wherever you get your podcasts, uh, people seem to like the program. We appreciate all of you out there listening. Um, You're the ones that we do it for. Yeah, so hop on the bat bandwagon. Come on, give us a five-star <laughs> rating. Give us a review. Come on, we'll shout you out on the pod. Come on. Yeah, we're front runners. Jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> uh, well, so we're, we're talking about the offense and, you know, the ifs and what's going to happen with Brock Purdy. But but one thing that was discussed this week, Mark, during Kyle Shanahan's conference call early this week was the fact that, you know, there is somewhat of a preferred or non-preferred style of play for Kyle Shanahan's offense. and. And, and I'll I'll just I'll let you kind of set up the clip, but you know I, I thought it was an interesting comment that we don't tend to hear from a lot of head coaches and, and generally offensive guys. So I, I'll, I I defer to you here. Yeah. So this was on his Monday conference call. He does it every every week after the game with reporters. And I'll just read the question here word for word to set it up better. Uh, the question was: I realize you guys had great success on the ground in the 2019 postseason, and so you didn't throw the ball much at all. Remember that game against the Vikings and the Packers. But in these two games, is this kind of more of your style or more of what you want the offense to be? A 50-50 split or a very close split between running and pass? And and here is how Kyle Shanahan responded to that. We always try to do that, just because we don't like anyone to tee off in any direction. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily the style of the game that I want. It's just we feel we got to adapt to the style that we think you need to play to win whatever that given game is or that given moment that week. And the better defensive lines you go against, the better defenses you go against, um, that style usually leads to slowing guys down and not allowing other teams to play at what they want to do. It also gives you a much higher percentage of winning the turnover battle too. So I think you need to be able to win games that way in the playoffs a lot. Um, but not always you have to. I mean, we saw it a different way in week our first week for Seattle, and we'll work all week to see how we see it this week too. So it's interesting because Kyle Shanahan essentially is saying, yeah, we like to be 50-50, keep the defense guessing. We don't want them to ever feel like they know what's coming. But he also said we felt like the way to win this game against the Cowboys was to keep the ball on the ground and, you know, try to to, to run it more because that was the way that this game was going. And then, you know, what he says there at the end, Evan, is, is quote, we'll work all week to see how we think it is this week, too, which means we'll work all week to, to see how we think we need to do to win this game. And it seems to me, Evan, they're going into the game ahead of time thinking, all right, this is probably going to be a defensive slugfest. We got to run the ball and run the ball well, and, and maybe we have to to favor the run a little bit more over the pass, which is interesting. I don't I don't know how you feel about it because because to me I feel like Kyle Shanahan with his power as play caller offensively kind of holds the power to determine how the game goes. 
if you want to win the game on the ground, sure, you can go and do that, but you don't have to have this preconceived notion going into the game. And I'm probably simplifying things. I'm sure he knows what he's talking about, but it seems to me like you can go into the game and hell, let's throw the ball five times to begin. I mean, it's what they did against the Seahawks early. I, it, it seems to me like he's, he's making up a, not making up, but he's going into a game with a preconceived notion that this is how we have to win the game. When in reality, you can win in any number of ways. It's up to you. You're the one calling the plays. Yeah, that's true. But, but we also know how Kyle Shanahan is with his script and his first 24 plays. And, and those are kind of revealing. I don't think that he was able to get through those 24 plays as much as he'd <laughs> like against a team like Dallas, which is why I also think that in the second half, and even against Seattle, I do think we have seen Kyle Shanahan sort of reset at halftime. And in many ways, how he plays the beginning of the second half to me is how he wants to win on offense throughout the entirety of the football game. Brock Purdy was good enough on third down in the second half to extend drives and, you know, a 13 play eight minute drive at the beginning of the fourth quarter was very impressive and I think that's Kyle Shanahan saying, look, um, in this game today, I want to have time of possession. I want to put the ball to the ground against Dallas's front four, and I want to make them have to think about the run more than Brock Purdy beating us with the pass. And it didn't work in the first half. I mean, they had like 25, 30 yards on the ground. But in the second half, the fact that Kyle Shanahan was so impressed with his offense being able to stick with the run after the game 32 times, I believe, even though it was only like three and a half yards of carry to me meant that that's how he wanted to win that football game. When I hear that, the first thing that comes to mind is we kind of talked about this, but it, it, it always seemed like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had this preconceived notion of how they were going to win games, whether it be running it 40 times, throwing it 40 times. The Patriots in their heyday were very good at establishing whatever offensive game plan they wanted. And a lot of that was because they had always a great defense, but then they also had the GOAT on offense. But he didn't always win it with his arm. And so I think Kyle Shanahan is trying to maybe not come up with, you know, like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to stick to it. But I do think he believes that his process on both sides of the ball is good enough to beat who is ever on the other side because of his roster. Now, that might change this week because Philadelphia, in my opinion, has a slightly better roster than San Francisco. And so I think Kyle Shanahan is going to have to get creative. But I, I don't necessarily have an issue with him kind of picking the style of which he would like to win a football game before it starts. Yeah, I think in the case of the Cowboys game, it was more so his confidence in his defense's ability to not let Dallas do much offensively. And he was certainly right about that. And if your defense is going to allow, I don't know, 17 points max, like that's that's still a, a pretty big number, you would think, for this defense against, and obviously the way the game played out, we know. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. We both thought that this game was going to be one in the 20s, if not higher. Um, but Kyle Shanahan certainly knows more than, than we do about this. Part of it is his confidence in his defense, and they're thinking, all right, there's no way that the Cowboys score two touchdowns in this game. They'll get some field goals. Maybe Brett Maher misses one, whatever. If they're not going to score much, what's the best way for us to handle ourselves offensively? The best way is to stay pretty conservative, kill clock, use some runs, some, some you know creative passes to get down and, and score some points, but not take too many unnecessary risks. 
And it's something we talked about a couple of months ago, Evan, when when Kyle Shanahan had had this one particularly extremely interesting uh, press conference where he was asked about his how his methodologies for play calling have changed now that he's a head coach compared to when he was an offensive coordinator. And he said when he was a coordinator, it was just score, 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 put up as many points as he possibly can. Does not matter what the defense is doing. I'm not even watching defensively. I am only focused on the offense and scoring more points. It's a big reason why Matt Ryan won the MVP that year that they choked the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. But now as a head coach, He's watching the full game. He's watching how his defense plays. And if his defense has it going on any particular day, Evan, like they did against the Cowboys, he is taking that information and using it to inform how he calls offensive plays. If the defense is killing it, they're not giving up inches. They're not, they're not giving up anything on defense. Then guess what? Kyle Shanahan is going to pull back a little bit offensively, run the ball, stay a little bit more conservative. So that's certainly a part of it, and maybe they just had an educated guess going into the Cowboys game that it was it was going to be that defensive battle. Um, but I guess my point is maybe be prepared for everything, which I, I'm sure they are, but, but go into it maybe exploring things a little bit more, and then if it doesn't work, all right, fall back to your old faithful, which is to run the ball, get the hell out of the way, and, and, and kill some clock and, and win a game in the teens. Now, you're right. I think it's going to have to be different for this Philadelphia game because the, the Eagles certainly will not put up only 12 points against this 49er defense. At least I don't think so. I do think there's a bit of wiggle room maybe early in games to explore things a bit more. I do see what Shanahan is saying and, and what your argument is, is as well. But I think there's a little bit of room where he can be a little bit more exploratory early in the game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, Exhibit A would be the final drive of the first half for the 49ers. If, if you're looking yes. for a reason to feel hesitant or yeah, he was a little up nine, puzzled. He was, he was up 9-6. to six. He had a minute to go to get into field goal range, and the quote from him post-game was, I felt comfortable with the score. I mean, if what that tells you is yeah. Dallas has not scored many more points, and I'm a little worried about putting Brock Purdy in harm's way. I mean, that's what, that's what it tells you. Whether or not that's a, a fair... Worry for Shanahan maybe is up for debate, but that's certainly what was going through his mind. Yeah, and and look, he successfully threaded the needle, but it felt like, you know, Luke Skywalker trying to put two proton torpedoes <laughs> in the Death Star and then throwing the scanner off and saying, yeah, I'm just going to do it based on feel and it's going to all work out. And it's like, well, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> now it worked, but obviously the, the odds were a little slim. Um we we have we have a little bit of time, Mark. We we can we can get into this because you brought up something that I thought was a little bit interesting, but kind of the, the dream playoff path for the mm. 49ers. I know we don't have a ton of time to dig into this, maybe as much as you would have liked, but um for fans out there, like what would you dream of being the the postseason path for the 49ers? Because right now it sounds like Mark, you feel like they're kind of on it. Yes. So let let's say you're you're a Niner fan and you listening, I'm sure you are. Um Rewind to say week 16, 
the Niners have already wrapped up the NFC West. You know that they're going to be at worst the three seed, but the one or two seed is still possible. Meaning you you don't quite know what the postseason route is going to look like. You don't really know who you're going to play yet. Obviously, the main goal is going to the Super Bowl, and that's you know objective number winning the Super Bowl. That's objective number one. You don't really care what else happens. But let's say, let's pretend for a minute that you could have your cake winning the Super Bowl and eat it too. You had your right. You had, you had, you you could pick your opponents on every matchup leading up to the Super Bowl. Who would you pick if you're a Niner fan? You pick the Seahawks first. At least I would. You want to beat your division rival and embarrass them in the postseason. Check. They did that. Up next, your arch rival, the team that has beat you countless times in the postseason that you have history with going back to the late 70s, into the 80s, and of course into the 90s. That's the Dallas Cowboys. You want to beat them. Check. You did that. What do you want next in the NFC Championship game? You want to beat the best team in the NFC who everyone nationwide has said is better than you all year long. Not checked yet, but that's what's up next. That That is the path for the 49ers. And then if you do that and you get to the Super Bowl and you win that game, who would you want to beat? You'd want to beat the Chiefs, the team that beat you in the 2020 Super Bowl. You want to get your revenge over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I know I'm getting ahead of myself talking about the, the Super Bowl, Evan. But if you ask Niner fans what the dream path to a Super Bowl is, I think it's what is playing out for the 49ers right now. Beating the Seahawks, beating the Cowboys, a matchup with the best team in the NFC who everyone is saying is better than you, and then getting revenge for your most recent Super Bowl loss. That would be the dream. Yeah, I think this is where we differ. Because (laughs) when I dream, Mark, I'm laying comfortably on my pillow and I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming of nice things. I'm dreaming of comfortable things. I'm dreaming of easy things. And so my dream postseason path would be, yeah, be the Seahawks because they were the worst team in the playoffs. They barely <laughs> snuck in. Then in the next round, it probably would have been the Minnesota Vikings based on what we've seen so far because I think the Niners would have absolutely killed the Vikings at home. And then with that, that would have sent either Dallas or Tampa Bay to Philly. I would have wanted either of those teams probably Tampa Bay to upset the Dallas Cowboys, which or sorry to upset the Philadelphia Eagles. And then I would have wanted to beat Tom Brady in the conference championship cakewalk to the Super Bowl. And then on the other side, I mean, based on the, the fraud level coming out of the AFC, I guess I might've <laughs> wanted to play the Buffalo bills, you know, maybe hope that Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars could have taken more advantage of a high ankle sprain from Patrick Mahomes and snuck by them, maybe got by Burrow. I want my dream postseason path is any path that ends in a Super Bowl for the 49ers, the quest for six. I would want that sixth Super Bowl, and I do not want it to be difficult because the Niners have dominated each team in the regular season. I would have wanted them to have dominated each postseason team in the playoffs so we could have the discussion of, is this the greatest team ever? It would have been so much fun. I wouldn't have had to worry. I wouldn't have had to sweat. I wouldn't have had to go through all of the emotions that you have to on a daily and, and weekly basis because your team is being challenged to the max. Maybe I'm taking the easy road. Call me on it. I want whatever the path lays out that the 49ers win. And to me, that would be the easiest one. So I hear what you're saying. I guess I just differ. Uh, the, the the emotions and the struggle and the, the toil and the torture that you go through in those matchups, though, is what makes when you win it so valuable. Yeah, but again, it, we're assuming they're going to win it. Yes. Yes. Did they last year win it? 
No. Because they ran into a better team. Well, yeah. I don't want them to run into a better team, Mark. I want them to win. Yeah, but, I mean, in this scenario, which, of course, is a totally stupid scenario, they have won the Super Bowl. It's just a matter of picking the path. best segment all year. (laughs) I mean, I I understand what you're saying. But just allow me... I'm disagreeing to disagree. Allow me the satisfaction of beating your our, our two biggest rivals, the team that won the one seed in the NFC and the team that beat you in the Super Bowl just a few years ago. I feel like that checks just about every box for the 49ers. The biggest one being you're right. The biggest one being is just winning the Super Bowl. That's what matters. It doesn't matter how you get there, but if, if they could have their cake and eat it too, I, I think Niner fans would want that route. Yeah, you're probably right. I would have rather played the Los Angeles Rams in the wild card, the divisional round, the conference <laughs> title game, and the Super Bowl somehow in an alternative universe because the Niners absolutely destroyed them this year. So I, don't know, I digress, but I see where you're coming from, Mark. And that will put a bow on this episode of the 415ers podcast. Please download, rate, and subscribe. We appreciate all of those of you tuning in on a weekly basis as we come close, hopefully not to the end, uh, but close to the end of our first season doing this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Mark, my man, thank you so much. I look forward to Friday when we can dig into the nitty-gritty, put our analyst hats on for Philadelphia as they get set to host your San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, Evan. Friday can't get here quick enough, and then Sunday after that should be a lot of fun. Sounds good. Well, we'll talk to you next time on Friday. Look out for the episode. This has been the 415ers Podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network.